Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Thank you for being here at Freedom Church. I am so glad you are here. And just think, if you're brand new here, the building did not fall in like you thought it would, right? All right. So let's get excited about what God's going to do, and let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise again. All right, church? So I'm going to jump right in. So how many of you here have kids? Raise your hand. All right. Yes. Now, track with me. How many of you have been on that long road trip especially going on vacation, and they're back in the back, and they're in your ear, what is the one question they always want to ask you? Are we there yet? And you holler back, no, shut up, sit down. No, no, I hope you don't do that. That's a little bit radical. But anyway, you're always saying no. Well, I remember one of the last road trips that we went on, we were supposed to be going to the happiest place on earth. What's the name of that place? You're happy until you get the bill in the mail, right? You know, it just, it just, you know, it just sucks the life out of you when you go to Disney World and all of that. And, you know, and I, I was, you know, you get ready to leave there and you're depressed. You spend all your money and everything. But I remember when we went there and I'll tell you what, I was not feeling happy at, the, at this place on earth. I was not. As a matter of fact, I will show you a picture of me and my girls. Do I look happy in this picture right here? I do not look happy. I am not happy at all, whatsoever. Then look, look at us, we're all sweaty, and it's just, there was a guy come by, he, he, was, he worked there, and he come by with this thing of ice, it's over 100 degrees, and I, I said, man, I'll give you 20 bucks for that whole thing of ice. Forget the drinks, I just want the ice. I'll never get it, but man, I tell you what, I began to think about that this week, and, and being there, supposed to be the happiest place on earth, and I began to think about this question. When you think about the local church, as a church, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. We're trying, but we're not there yet. So today, as I want to share my heart with you about how we're trying to go from vision to reality, and you say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the bottom line to it is, is that when you think about a vision, what is a vision? A vision is a sneak preview. It's like a mental picture of the different arenas of our life, including the local church. It's what it's going to look like when you're down the road. That's what you're looking for. And it takes sacrifice and it takes unapologetic effort to accomplish a vision with God's help and most of all, God's guidance. So today, I want you to look at a particular vision verse that I love. It's Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Look at what it says. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. How many of you agree with me today that there's probably a lot of people in our nation and the world around us that are not accepting divine guidance? Would you raise your hand and say, I I agree with that? And they're running wild. One other particular version says, uh, basically, where the people do not accept that vision, the people perish. You know, without no vision, people are going to perish. And so when we look at that, we know that that is very true. Without vision, you lack direction. Without direction, there's no goals. Where there's no goals, You aim at nothing, you're certain to hit it every single time. So when we look at our life, I think you all agree with me, our lives is a journey. And every journey has a destination in this life and in eternity. 
See, we're all going to end up somewhere. And the question that I think about in my life, and I hope you will too, what am I going to accomplish personally? What am I going to accomplish professionally? What am I going to accomplish most of all spiritually? Because life's journey is multifaceted. And when I say that, it calls for a multifaceted vision. What, what are you doing with God? Where is God, your creator in your life? What are you doing with your family? What's taking place with your career? What's taking place with hobbies and whatever you fit in your 24-7, 365 life? Uh, and that's what I want to talk about today is that vision because we're not there yet, Okay. God gave us a vision to start Freedom Church long ago, and we wanted to start a church to where it did not matter who you are, it didn't matter where you come from, it didn't matter what your last name is, it didn't matter what you've done, it didn't matter what kind of clothes you wear. Now, we do have a, we do have a, um, a, a clothing uh, rule here, wear clothes, okay? If you're not wearing clothes, we'll let you know. But anyway, we wanted you to be able to discover the lover of your soul, that's why God led us to start this church. And God has given us a vision for our church. And only together can that vision become reality, working together for God's glory. And, and God put this vision on Shannon and I's heart for Freedom Church in the spring of 2000. And after a year of planning and praying, we launched Freedom Church with 32 adults on March 3rd, 2002 with 159 people. Now, when that took place... We knew that we had to get somewhere, a place to call our own, you know, because we were going to be like the children of Israel, setting up the tent and doing the roundabout way, trying to get to the promised land. And so I began to pray and seek God about land. And God led me to this parcel of land here after I went to Taj Mahal and looked it up on the map and found out the guy's name had owned it. And so I went to uh, his house and I went to his house and knocked upon the door and I told him, I said, hey, I said, God has led me here. You own this parcel of land. He said, yes. I said, God has led me here, and so I would like to buy it. Will you sell it to our church? And he said, no. He was not a mean man, but he was a gruff man. But I knew after I had prayed, God had led us to meet to ask this man. So he had a long, skinny, narrow driveway. And when I left there, after him telling me no, I talked to God on the way out his driveway. And I said, God, you've got to deal with his attitude. Because I know you led me here to buy this land from this man so you're going to deal with his attitude. He acts like it's yours. It's, it, it's his, not yours. And I know it's yours. So I get home and my wife said, you did what? I said, wait a minute now. I, I had to have a conversation. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, she said, you went to ask this guy to buy this land. You have no money. And you asked him to buy 15 acres of land. Were that new roads coming through? I said, yes, I did. I said, first and foremost, God led me there. Second to that, God owns a cattle of a thousand years. He acts like it's his. It's not his. It belongs to the Lord. Can I get a witness? And where are we at today, church, because of going and believing God for what God told me in my heart? We're sitting on these 16 acres of land. Let's give God glory, right? That's what God did. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So with God blessing us and what we're doing, here we are later. We did that first building campaign. You say, what's a building campaign? Very scriptural. I don't have time to go into the different scriptures of what they did in the scripture, but it's when we collectively come together as a family and we give above and beyond our regular giving for a period of two, three years, whatever it is, and we bought the land. As a matter of fact, here's a picture of the groundbreaking that we did before there was ever any buildings here. So then, after we buy this land, we're still meeting in Hendersonville High School, then Sumner County Board of Education decided that we didn't need to meet in that building anymore down there and decided they were kicking us out. 
after four and a half years, which was a good thing because it's a, if, you, if, a, if a bird stays in the nest too long, they will never grow with wings to fly, right? So we ended up getting kicked out. We built our first building over here, and we were working very hard to do what we're doing. A lot of, God done a lot of great stuff through that second building campaign to be able to build that building. And then March, uh, I'm sorry, January 14, 2007, we went from having 88 people in the high school to 420 showed up on that grand opening. We went from here to here, and then God is blessing us through that year, and next thing you know, we went from one service, we went to another service, and next thing you know, in 2009, we were out of room again. So we began to see that we didn't have age-appropriate teaching for age-appropriate classes. So we did another building campaign for the kids' ministry, moving offices and doing things like that over there. And so we did a grand opening of 2011 and was able to add that kids part over there and do all that. And we began growing again. We went to a third service. And next thing you know, by 2015, we just didn't have any more room because the plan was always to build a main auditorium here and give the kids everything over there. So we moved in and did our fourth building campaign. We moved into this beautiful auditorium in October of 2016. And now here we are today. Are we there yet? No, we're not yet. No, we're trying. But I want you to understand something about our church. It's not about a mega church. There's nothing wrong with a mega church, but it's about a mega vision. People need Jesus. Look at the person next to you and say, people need Jesus. They do. The lost need to be found. The addictions need to be broken. Marriages need to be mended. Families need to be restored. The lonely need to find friendships, true friendships. Those that are depressed need to find the joy of the almighty God in heaven who loves them. So God gave us a vision to start Freedom Church almost 22 years ago. We have 16 acres of land, 32,000 square foot of buildings, but it just didn't fall out of the sky. There was a lot of prayer and plans and step-by-step strategy and actions. And now Freedom Church has become a landmark in the community. But here's what I want to, I want to say. Thank you for your generosity. Your generosity and investment in the souls now and for eternity. Thank you for making Freedom Church God's vision to be moving toward fruition and to make God's house a place that's reality. But here's the best of all, is the celebration. Since the launch of Freedom Church in March 3rd of 2002, we've seen 2,137 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Is that what it's worth, church? More than 2,137 worlds just like we're presiding on. We've had 1,400 baptisms to date. That is awesome. We ought to give God praise for that. Is God finished yet? No. Are we finished yet? No. Are we there yet? No, we're not. We're not. Let's think about the joy of the Lord. The joy of what we get to do together. In Luke's gospel, chapter 15, Jesus tells a wonderful story, and I will begin in verse 1. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. You see, Jesus attracted sinners, and the Pharisees, they repelled them. Lost sinners came to Jesus, not because Jesus was going to cater to them or he was going to ever compromise his message, but because he cared for them and he loved them. 
Let me explain something to you. There are a lot of people in our lives that are hurting and are caught up in things they don't need to be, but love, my love, your love for them will cover a multitude of sins. The problem is with the church today, the church can end up, if you're not careful, becoming judgmental, looking down on people. Our job is to love people and lead them to Jesus so Jesus can take them where he died for them to go to begin with. Are you with me? Say amen. So, we continue on. So Jesus told them this this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? See, by leaving the 99 sheep, the shepherd was not insinuating or saying that the rest of the sheep in the fold were not important. No, no, no. That's not. They were safe, though. They were safe. But they had a sheep that was lost. It was in danger. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. See, there's an amazing joy that can happen in our hearts whenever you and I get a person that's lost and help them to be found. But it's also in the heart of the person that's doing the finding. The person is lost, gets found, and we get the joy of being a participant in that. See, to be found, that is to be saved, to have salvation in Christ, means that you are reconciled to God. Those of you who are made in His image and His likeness, you have life, you have purpose, and you are out of danger and there are few joys listen to me there are few joys of things that you and I can do in life as when you partake in leading someone out of danger and finding and bringing them to Jesus the Savior but here's the challenge look at the person next to you and say there's a challenge since COVID-19 hit our world when it did it showed the church that the church could just could have church basically anywhere And at any time, a lot of churches were not prepared for that. No longer did it just have to be just in a building at a particular time. But also, whenever we leverage technology, also there are people that are walking in fear today. I don't read nowhere in the scripture where it says for me to walk in fear, do you? It says walk in, what's that other F word? It says to walk in faith. So there's a lot of people today that have not come back to the local church that are not part of the local church because they walk in fear because of what the enemy has done. So what you and I have to do is realize that we don't have a building, that it, we don't have a campus that's a field of dreams. You and I are to go to the people, to the lost sheep that's out there, and the 99 will be fine, but there's a lot of people out there that are in danger, and our heartbeat should be for the one in this world that has said, I'm done. Those people that are hurting, those people that are broken, those people that are addicted, those people that are depressed and lonely and hopeless. And here's the thing about it. Satan hates what we're doing as a church when we get fired up about a vision to go out there and reach people. And we're in no way ever going to allow the enemy's obstacles to deter the Lord's objectives. As long as there is one person that is lost, the 99 are going to be fine. I want you to know that. But here's some facts that I want to share with you. The population of Sumner County, and and stats are subjective, but somewhere a little over 200,000 just this past year in 2021. Now, actually, the population of Gallatin has exceeded 50,000, Gallatin proper. 
According to what I could find, there's about 179 churches in Sumner County. The average church size in the nation is about 75 people. And so if you take 75 as the average church size and you times that by 179 churches, you're going to get 13,425 people on average that would attend church on a given Sunday and be part of a church family. I'm not talking about membership. Memberships are like this. The people that come is like this. You follow what I'm saying? Say yes. So we have those people. So if you take a, a round number of, say, 13,500 people and you, you minus that from the actual people, there's about 187,000 people plus in Sumner County who do not have a church family, who do not know that we can come together and be able to build a mission around reaching people to, to be able to come to Jesus. Did you know just a, couple of, just a few years ago in 2018, that number would have been around 159,000 that didn't have a church family, didn't have part to play in when it comes to the local church and the mission of reaching people to know the Lord. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. So let's think about our future vision. Habakkuk in chapter 2 and verse 3 in the Old Testament says this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. In the context of this scripture here and what Habakkuk is talking about is that the, it was going to be the end of the Babylonian bondage where God's people were in bondage there in Babylon. But if you take and roll it forward and it's applicable today, there's a lot of people here, would you agree with me, that's in bondage in our community. People that you know in your particular lives that are in bondage, they're in financial bondage, people that are in relational bondage, people that are in health bondage, people that are in all kinds of different things that's bonding them and they're in bondage in that. And you know what? We've got to do what we can do as God's people to know that we want to help them get out of bondage. So in essence, what is vision? It's a God-given ability to see the unseen. It's seeing the transparent through the apparent. And God wants all of us in this room and on night. They want all of us to become great visionaries. If we could see God's vision for our lives as individuals, if we could go to heaven and see God's vision for our very lives, it would ever blow our minds. What God wants to do in and through our very lives. The vision that he would have for your marriage. The vision that he would have for your dating relationship. The vision that he would have for your career or your business. You wouldn't be able to believe it, but most of all the vision he'd have about how God wants to use you to reach the people that need to know him. So the vision for our church is simple. It's to reach people to know God. I love what the great American inventor, Tom, inventor Thomas Edison once said. He said, vision without execution is delusion. So we execute the vision or we're going to be delusional in the process. Our focus is this. Listen to me closely. Freedom Church is to exist to reach people to know God. And we are not going to stop reaching people till we turn up and we leave for heaven, okay? As long as we have a breath in our body, we want to reach people to know God. Jesus goes after the one, we're to go after the one. Each one reach one. That's what we're to do. We don't give up on the lost. We don't give up on people who say they don't want to know God. We just love them to God. We don't push them to God. You lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You love people to Jesus. So that brings us, how do we accomplish that? There are values, our biblical values. Freedom Church is high-five based. First and foremost, everyone reaching, everyone reaching. Now, if you're here and you don't know Christ and you're just checking out this thing called Christianity, we're stoked that you're here. 
You just keep reaching up. You keep seeking Jesus. You keep consuming until you know the Lord in your heart. But here's what I want you to, to know. If you're, if you're not a Christian yet, you can check out on this. You can check your Facebook page or Instagram, see if you've got any likes on that post, whatever. But I want you to lean in if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, our focus is to be to reach people to know Jesus. Jesus never gave up on us. We're to never give up on him. We're to reach people and to reach out to people. You reach up to know Jesus, then you go out and you reach other people. It's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find a piece of bread. So what we do when we're going out to communion, we meet people, we be inviters. We want them to be part of the church family. We want them to know what God is doing in and through our family. Just like the new series, our parenting series next week, don't blink. Man, we need to be able to take those invite cards and invite somebody to be a part of what God is doing. And you know what? Here's what I know, and I think you'll agree with me. I believe that if we were truly convinced of the reality of heaven and hell, nobody would have to talk us into doing it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Say yes. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Stop and think about who told you about Jesus. Lean in, Christian. Stop and think about who maybe invited you to church that you found Jesus. See, I want us to be the church that treats people that are far from God as though we were the ones that are far from God. That's the church I want to be. Wasn't that, isn't that beautiful? Wouldn't it just be beautiful to do that? But it's more than just inviting someone to church. Let me ask you this question. Who's your one life? Who's the one life that you're continually loving, trying to lead them to the kingdom of God on a consistent basis? One particular friend popped in my mind that it took me almost three years before he gave his life to Christ, loving him on a consistent basis. And just talking to him on a consistent basis. Doing life with him on a consistent basis. So who's your one life? Imagine if everyone here has one life. And when they come to their life, we just doubled the kingdom of God at Freedom Church. Isn't that amazing? What God wants to do in and through our very lives. See, this is the locker room. This is where we get fired up. Out there is game day. Out there is game day. How much time do you give for game day to somebody don't miss a place called heaven how much time do you give them on game day? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. How about the second high five A, everyone growing? We believe in learning to become like Jesus. See, God's plan from the beginning was to make you and I like himself, to become like his son. So I just want to challenge you that you have that quiet time with God. When you shut down the phone, you get everything away, you just spend a few minutes with God every day and start it with five minutes and then let it grow. Spend time with God. Take and read the Bible. Read the Word of God. You become like the one that you spend the most time with. If you don't have a Bible, come to Next Steps. We'll give you a Bible. If you got a phone, you can download Version. You can look at the scriptures that we have on the Freedom Church app. But I just want to challenge you. Spend time with God. And when you do, you begin to develop the character of Jesus. You begin to see how he thinks and how he feels and what he values. When it comes to church attendance, it's, just, it's very sad, especially what the pandemic has done. You know what they say the average attender is today? An average attender is somebody that attends 1.5 times a month. Let me ask you this, parents. If you only attend what the average attender is, do you, do you have any fear or have any of these doubts or concerns that when your kids vacate your home, that they may not ever darken the door of a church again? Oh, God, help us. Hebrews 10, 25 tells us not to forsake assembling ourselves together as a manner of some. I don't want to be the some. 
but to come and to encourage one another as that day approaches when the Lord is going to wrap this thing up. Carol's version, but Hebrews 10, 25, take it out for yourself for what it is. It's very important that we understand. We don't want to abuse the iCampus. You're on iCampus. You're in driving distance. We want you to come and be a part of the family. Community means communing with us. Give them some love and lift the roof off this place and let them know you want to meet them. We'd love to meet you. Love for you to be here. Now, if you've got the funk or you've got COVID, please stay away till you well, okay? I'll say that. <laughs> that's, what it's the cool about, that's what's cool about it. To be able to leverage technology, we have people all over the world that checks us out. But also something that's very important is our FC kids. Will you give those wonderful people over there and all the volunteers love for teaching your kids about Jesus? Is that awesome or what? Then we got student ministry on Wednesday nights at 6.30, the free student ministry. Give them some love. You got a student 6th through 12th grade, bring them. I think I'm going to start coming because they feed them every Tuesday, every Wednesday night. They feed them hot dogs, pizza, whatever it is. Man, I'm thinking that's pretty cool. I need, I need to go eat there with them. But here's something that's very important. If you like to, you've been here for a while and you just haven't jumped in, you're wondering how can I land at Freedom Church and be a part on Sunday September 11th, we're going to have a newcomer's luncheon immediately following the second service. Just come to the second service like you are. Noon, we're going to have newcomer's luncheon. Matter of fact, all you got to do is hit this QR code on the screen right here and sign up for it so we know that you're coming. We got to know that you're attending. But we're going to be talking about this all the way up to that time. You'll get the inside scoop, our vision, our values, and what we're about and how you can land in a church that wants to reach people to know God. Are we there yet? No, we're not. How about everyone serving? We believe in serving others like Jesus Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? Jesus wants us to serve. He came not to be served, but serving gave his life a ransom for many. So God wants us to be able to serve. So listen to me. Lean in for a minute, Christians. If you're not a Christian, you can lean out. If you're a Christian, once you become a Christian, you go from being a consumer to a contributor. Okay, that's what God wants us to do. He has given you all kinds of great gifts and talents to be able to use. You're made to make a contribution, not just consume. You need to be able to serve because it's very important to understand it's not just about the duration of your life. It's the donation of your life. It's so important that you understand that. And uh, do you, just think about, do you even know, those of you got kids over, do you know who's teaching your kids? You think about that? Do you know? The ones that's in the nursery, those of you that have babies, you've dropped them off over there. Man, they're so passionate about even changing diapers so you can learn about Jesus. You know how you know they're passionate? Because they'll take them babies and they'll, and they'll raise them up and they'll smell of their butts and say, boy, they need to be changed. They have pooped. Somebody's passionate about watching your kids with they changing somebody else's poop. Can I get a witness? I didn't even like changing my own kids. You know what I'm saying? But think about, who's clicking the words on the screen for the songs of the scripture? Who's making the coffee? Who's running the lights? I could go on and on and on. They're stunned by people that are volunteers. They're done by volunteers. Most of them are anonymous, but they're so important. So important. So if you're here today, you know why you're here? Because God knew you had something to give back. He don't want you to just sit, soak, and sour with the wonderful gifts that he's given you. So if you would, in, the, in your back seats... There, there's a volunteer form. Fill this out and say, you know what? We will cater to be able to help cater to you what your schedule is so you can serve in a way that makes a difference in the kingdom of God. Fill this out. Drop it in the offering as you leave today because a non-serving Christian is a contradiction of Scripture and it makes you a misfit. Some of you are thinking, now he's calling us names. He's calling us misfit. No, you miss where you fit. It's 
place for you to fit in the kingdom of God through the local church. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet, okay? How about our fourth value, everyone giving? Every, we believe everything belongs to God, and you cannot out-give God. We cannot. Hey, listen, when it comes to giving to God, it's something that Shannon and I have done for over 30 years. We've been married 33 years, September 16th, and it's something we have done our whole life. But here's something I want to let you in on as a personal testimony. Don't expect God to bless you with more until God sees you blessing him back with what he's already given you. Does that make sense? This is very important. God set up with Abraham 400 years before the law in the Old Testament with Melchizedek. When he brought back the spoils of war, he gave a tithe, which is 10% to him, before the law was ever set up. And in the Old Testament, a lot of people say, well, tithing's Old Testament. Well, understand, when you spring forward to the New Testament, God raised the standard on everything. He said, no longer is it going to be that if you commit adultery, you're going to be killed. No, if you even look up on a woman with lust, I could go on and on about the standard that he raised. But it's a great standard even two times in the New Testament. When I read what my Savior Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 42, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you're doing great on these other things you're doing. But he said, yes, you should tithe, but this is other elements, and I don't have time to go into that. But when Jesus tells me, and I read that, and says, you start thinking, wow, I don't have to read this, but once, then I'm going to do it. And let me tell you something. My wife and I have been doing it for over 30 years, and I ain't missed a meal yet, Okay? God is good to us. But here's what's amazing to me in a little study I did. 53% of Christians in America didn't give anything to their local church last month. They didn't honor God. They didn't prove their love for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's what I want you to know. Every time that you give at Freedom Church, you're touching lives locally and globally and everywhere in between. So I challenge you to start somewhere. Even if you don't want to give here, I'd much rather you go and tithe and give somewhere else to be blessed because God, is not he's always taking care of Freedom Church. I want you to be so blessed. If you don't want to give here, go somewhere else and give. But I'm challenging you to think about how you want to be blessed and we want to be blessed, but we're, God wants us to be a blessing. Even we do a 90-day tithe challenge. A lot of you here on the, on the sound of my voice have taken that challenge before. And what I'm saying by that is, if you let us have, if, you, if our finance team has record of your giving for 90 days, if you feel like that you are doing bad and you are worse off when you started it 90 days earlier, we will write you a check back for 100% of that what we have record for. But you know the funniest thing about it? When I throw out the challenge, there hasn't been one person that's asked for a check back because he got so blessed because they trusted God even in the area of their finances. Can I get a witness, church? Is that right? Are we there yet? No, we're not, but we're trying. We're trying. The last thing is this, is everyone connecting. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. See, this is worship, what we're doing here. All of you guys are looking at me, and I'm the only one looking at you. It's when we get together and we have fellowship that happens in a group. This coming Tuesday night, my group's cranking back up. My wife's group is cranking back up. And men, I'd love to have you. If you're not in the group, be here, 6.30, Tuesday night. 
Ladies, you don't have a group? Jump in with my wife's group. There's a whole plethora of groups. And when you leave today, you're going to get this card here. All you got to do is click on this QR code, and there's a plethora of groups that can hit you for your seasons of life. But here's what I'm telling you about having a group. It's very awesome that you can share prayer requests on your cards in here. And yes, we pray over those, but imagine somebody that's there with you to be with you that you can talk to, that you can, they'll pray with you and you pray with them. They'll encourage you, care for you, be there for you. I'm talking about 2 a.m. friends. Say, what's a 2 a.m. friend? When life hits you between the eyes and life happens so hard and at 2 a.m. and you can call that friend and at 2 a.m. they're there for you. That's what a 2 a.m. friend is. It goes way above and beyond what we can ever imagine in our lives. Imagine being on mission in our community with a group of people in a connection group. So I challenge you, sign up on the website, sign up on our app. If you've got questions about groups, come to Next Steps after service. We'll be able to help you with it and to get plugged in. Are we there yet? No, we're not, but we're trying. Are you giving 100% to our high five values? In every value that I've outlined that our church believes in? See, I, I dreamed of a church when we started this church that wouldn't be focused on religion, but a church that would be focused on a relationship with our Creator. And be focused on reaching other people to know the one that gave his life for us. A vision to reach lost people. To be able to love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. To serve a world that's broken and hurting. So I want to ask you to join me in this journey. If you haven't already. To make a difference now and for eternity. See the church is to be a movement. Not a monument. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. Not just a place to come to where that we can wear our halos and we can look really good and, and feel good about ourselves. No, I, together, it's about reaching people. To know Jesus, the one who died for them. And that's the Great Commission. And here's one example of someone that our church family reached. Check this out. Hey Freedom Church, uh, my name is Tony Pulley. I'm a, a tenant here for the last 13 years and uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of my testimony. Um, started here back in 09 and uh, it all started from a mailer in the mailbox. Me and my wife was looking for a church and we had got a mailer in there so we said, hey, let's go check this church out. Um, even though I really didn't want to come, she kind of forced me into coming. I had bad experiences as a kid with the church, so I wasn't much want to come back to one. But we came here, and uh, all the ushers and stuff was loving on me and my family consistently, consistently. And uh, my wife got involved a little bit before I did. And uh, I was just a, a bad construction guy that drank all the time, didn't care much about coming here, but I was trying to make her happy. But I wanted my kids to be raised in the church, and I wanted to be raised in the right way. So after so many years, well, it might be a year or so of them loving on me. They finally, one day, a song that they were singing had reached me. But it reached me, not here at the church, it reached me in my garage. I had uh, sit there and listened to this song over and over and over again until it literally broke me. And when it broke me, I sit there and just had a big puddle of tears in my garage floor to where I just cried out to Jesus to take me. You know, I wanted to be saved. I wanted to have the right life. I seen these people at church, how they was living, how happy they was. I wanted the, the same experience again. 
So then we got plugged in after I got saved after that moment. We started being the ushers and helping in the youth. We was just doing whatever we could. We was on fire. We just wanted to do everything we possibly could to do here. And uh, it was maybe three, four years after getting all that done, my wife decided to leave. Uh, she wound up leaving and, and I became a single father of three kids, which is Madison, Savannah, and Tony. And uh, this church loved on me so much. I don't know if I can actually put in words how much they showed me love, and still to, to this day. I always, if you ask me about my family, I always say it's this church. Of course, being a single father, working, kids in school, I had people here taking kids to school, picking them up from school, watching them while I had to go to work. I can name just a million things how this church has impacted me, even financially when I was in a bind. You know, they helped me with money when I needed it. The importance of a church family is so hard to explain, but it's so easy to concept that when you get yourself plugged into a church, they it's not that you're a perfect person. You'll never be a perfect person. We all have our downfalls, but people go through the same things you do. Might not be the exact same, but it's something similar to that. And it's great to have somebody that you can lean on to that will love on you, pray for you, be there for you when you need. And one day, that's gonna turn around and you're gonna be the one that's gonna be there for somebody to love on them, pray for them and their needs. To wrap this up, I would like to tell you how important it is to have a church family and to be plugged into it and not just to be a bench warmer. When I say bench warmer, it's just sitting there getting a message every Sunday. It is very, very, very important to reach out to somebody or let somebody reach out to you because this is not just a church. This is a family. This is a family that keeps growing. It might not always be here, but they will always be family even if they're not here. It's never a goodbye. It's an always see you later. Praise. So I have a question to give God glory. How many of you here since you've been a part of Freedom Church that you would say that God used your church family to change your life? Would you be humble enough and, and give God glory to stand to your feet where you're at? Would you do that? seated um, question is this do we want to stay where we are or do we really want to go, go where God wants to take us do you want to go on this journey where God wants to take us alright would you stand to your feet and I'm going to read this last scripture because this pertains to you and I 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 you are the ones chosen by God chosen for a high calling a priestly work chosen to be a holy people God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him 
to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Father, we love you and we praise you today and thank you for your sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We're humbled and honored, God, to be able to just be a part of your church family. God, I don't want any of us to miss anything, God, that you've planned for each of our lives spiritually, personally, our families, and in our church family. God, we praise you today. As we continue praying, God wants to use some of you more than you're allowing him to right now. How many of you here right now know that God has touched your heart and he wants you to be able to step up and allow him to use the gifts that God has given you would you just lift your hand real high and honor God by touching God bless you God bless you God bless you hands are going up wherever Heavenly Father thank you God for each of these God that have lifted their hands God knowing that you're touching their hearts and you are wanting to use them God I pray God that you'll just bless them mightily God to be able to use the gifts and talents and abilities and, and be able to tap into those talents and treasures to be able to give you honor and glory to make a difference now and forever some of you are allowing God to use you here today, but you know that you want more. And you're just thinking, you know, God, I'm here, God. I want to be used more than ever. Would you just tell God right where you're at and just say, God, I'm here, God. I want to be used for your glory. Use me, God. I'm being used, but I want to be used more, God, for your glory and honor. Bless them, God, as they seek your face in this time of prayer. Bless them, God. Give them fruit for their labor, God. Some of you are tired. You just need to ask God to renew your spirit right now because you're burdened. And, and some of you are carrying things on your shoulders that your shoulders are not equipped big enough or strong enough to handle. So I just want to pray for you right now and pray with you to give it to God. Father, right now in Jesus' name, God, I come to you, God, for these that are hurting and broken and burdened right now, God things that's happening in their lives. God, maybe it's something personal, God. Maybe it's something financial. Or God, it's relational. Maybe it's something to do physically or even professionally, God, in their life and career. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will bless them, God, as they seek your face to give you those burdens that they were never designed to carry. Last but not least, some of you here, you're far from God in a group of people this size. You just need to ask Him to come in your heart. Right now, you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. And you feel him knocking on your heart today. So in Jesus' name, as Christians are praying, I want to ask you, if that's you today and you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to ask you to pray right where you're at and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Because if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, he's not Lord at all in your life. Father, right now, just ask him, say, Father, come into my heart. I ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. That you died for me. That you arose for me. So I ask you that paid my sin debt to save my soul. Pray that prayer and you meant it from the depths of your soul. Give God glory and lift your hand real high 
right now. Just shoot your hand up real high right now and say, I just prayed that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. Anyone else? I see that hand back there in the back, my friend. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Hearts are still coming to you, Lord. Find us faithful to go find more hearts that need you, Lord. Use us for your glory because we're not there yet. But we're trying. We thank you for that. Give us your spirit's strength and power, direction and guidance. Find us faithful. Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people say, amen. Let's give our great, great God a hand clap of praise. All right. We're going to go into a time of giving right now and to give you time to fill out your serving form for those of you, the Christians, to jump in there. Also, they'll give you a connection groups a card on the way out to be able to pick a group to be a part of. Um, but right now, we're going to go back and take a time to give back to God as God has blessed our lives and and uh, you prepare to do that. There's a myriad of ways to do that electronically all the way down to the point of giving physically with our ushers in the back. But I thank you in advance for your faithful giving for we can reach people to know God. I'm going to pray over that in just a moment. Then I have two important things to say to you. Uh, so if you would, if you can hang around for that. But here's what I'll say. If you're here and you're brand new today at Freedom Church, we call you VIPs. You're very important to us, but most of all to God. If you would, take a card out of the back of the seat. You'll see it, a connection card. Fill it out as much information as you care to and feel comfortable with. Take it out to the info desk and give it to them to commemorate this day's visit and time here. They're going to give you a gift to say thank you. And I challenge you to give us a three-peat. At least give us three Sundays to check it out and see if this is church for you. And if it's not, we'll be glad to help you find one. But everybody needs a church family. So it's very, very important to do that. Most of all, those of you that lifted your hand and prayed that prayer, I want you to come and see me at Next Steps over here. I'll be over here at Next Steps over here by the coffee shop. If you prayed that prayer and said that prayer, come and see me over there and uh, bring a card with you with your information there. But I would love to do that and commemorate this beautiful day that you gave your heart to the Lord. And also, I have a gift of a Bible to give you, okay? So I'm going to pray over the offering, and when I do, two things I'll share with you. Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you today of how you've blessed our lives. It's all yours anyway, so you just ask us to bring back those tithes and offerings to be able to be a blessing to you and your kingdom. But most of all, we're obedient and trusting you in everything in our lives. Take it and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, now, here's what I'll tell you. There are... Six slots left for the men's retreat. Today's it. We're wrapping it up. And those of you here, the, 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 whoever gets there first come, uh, and signs up for that, you can go and pay for it on the kiosk. However you want to, you can come and see us at Next Steps. But go ahead and jump in and take care of the men's retreat. Today's the last day, and we're wrapping it up. We've got six slots left to go, and I'd love to share that time with you. All right?